Imagine a man welcomes you into a room. He points to a lumpy blanket and says, that is not supposed to be there and someone's going to get in trouble for it. Now imagine you get really mad about that. Either because you can't believe somebody would misplace a lumpy blanket or that someone is over-prosecuting something as mundane as a lumpy blanket. And whichever one that you've picked, imagine six months later, you completely reverse sides and you're mad about the other one. That is my best metaphor for our current hidden secret document scandals. Which I find apropos. Because my best metaphor, like the situation themselves, are confusing and bad. This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Everybody to the politics, politics, politics program for January 18th, 2023. Your old pal Justin Robert Young joining you from Austin, Texas. We're in this weird period. I've only lived here for three winters in Austin, and it's it's got a very odd pattern. It gets a little cold or it gets real cold in like December, and then it moderates out so it's like really, really nice. And then around February, it gets really cold again. So we're all bracing for the fact that there, there might be another big cold front coming in. But as of now, it's been pretty damn perfect. And I'm here to enjoy it. You want to know what else I'm enjoying? I'm enjoying spending time with you guys talking about the political news of the day. And I got to say, there has been a story that has befuddled the germs. I can't quite wrap my head around it. I can't quite bring myself to particularly care. And so I thought I would take some time, block out everything else, and do a deep dive into the Joe Biden misplaced documents scandal. Oh, scandal. Which, of course, you can't talk about unless you talk about the Donald Trump misplaced document scandal, which kind of just makes all of this about the common denominator. Misplaced documents. So we're going to go through the history of the Joe Biden thing. We're going to talk about how Joe Biden has handled it. And then we're going to get into whether you, like me, just can't quite bring yourself to care. And if you do care, I want to prosecute that as well. That's all coming up. But first. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. The midterms are looming just beyond the first weekend of the month. The mood amongst Democrats isn't particularly buoyant. Maybe crime's gonna sink them? 
Are we really going to be talking about Senator Oz? Senator Walker? At this point in the campaign, of course, specifically in the impossibly diffuse midterms, there's really nothing you can do this late in the game. Just grip that lap bar on the roller coaster and feel the G's on the way down. Vice President Kamala Harris prepares a trip to Roxbury, Massachusetts to give a speech about heating subsidies. Wait, why is she going to Massachusetts where there isn't a battleground? Shouldn't she be in Pennsylvania or Georgia or Nevada? Oh man, stuff like this is going to be in the post-mortem if the Democrats get slaughtered. Oh well. But it's back in D.C., where a very interesting discovery happens. According to Joe Biden's lawyers, Joe Biden's lawyers discovered documents from the Obama-Biden administration. Oh, no. At the Penn-Biden Center. They are reportedly in contact with the National Archives that day and remain so through the midterms, which, by the way, didn't really turn out so bad for the Dems. Man, that's that's a relief. That is. I mean, it, it would have been way worse if some random event happened at the 11th hour that would have juiced Republican turnout. Yeah, I mean, that might have swung some of the really, really close races that happened in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Nevada. Whew. Bullet on the evening dodged. of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, located in Washington, D.C. That's Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing a special prosecutor for this case. Hey, by the way, what is the Penn-Biden Center? The Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania is founded on the principle that a democratic, open, secure, tolerant, and interconnected world benefits all Americans. Based in our nation's capital, the Penn-Biden Center engages more of our fellow citizens in shaping this world, while ensuring the gains of global engagement are widely shared. Sorry. Man, think tanks sound fun. You just sit around and think about stuff and then write about the stuff you think about. And then you you react to stuff that other people write. And you say it like that, it kind of sounds like a message board. That's probably a good way to put it. Think tanks are real life message boards for government washouts and academics who can't get tenure. Oh, 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 and they have flame wars with other message boards. For example, a conservative organization, the America First Legal Foundation, filed an IRS complaint against the Penn Biden Foundation, alleging that they illegally gave no-show salaries to Joe Biden, the current Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, and others. Anywho, the center was vacating some office space when the documents in question were reportedly found. After a back and forth with the Department of Justice, the Biden attorneys began searching other places for documents 
that shouldn't be there. And on December 20th, they find more at Biden's Wilmington home, specifically his garage. Not again. Remember, it's November 3rd when these documents are first found, but it's January 9th when CBS reports on the first document discovery. The White House confirms that documents were found at the Penn Biden Center on January 9th. And it is January 11th that Biden's attorneys find more documents. At this point, the third such discovery, this time also at Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, in a room adjacent to the garage where they had previously found documents. Oh, shit. No documents are found at Biden's home in Rehoboth. Also on January 11th, we get the first reports that documents were found at Biden's personal residence. So the second discovery is made public on the 11th. January 12th, Merrick Garland names a special counsel to investigate. And then a few days after that, the public finds out about the third discovery. And those are the facts as we know them. But. And this kind of gets into my larger problem with this entire story. What do we know? We don't know what are in the documents. We don't know the penalties based on whether or not they should or should not be there. And to be totally honest, we don't really know what happened. We know that the Biden lawyers have said that they are interacting with the Department of Justice, but the Department of Justice has no incentive to be entirely truthful with us. That's very, very clear. They've they've made a living on saying that we're not here to disseminate information. We're here to get to the bottom of crimes. So you can't in good conscience take the Department of Justice at face value as the sole arbiter of truth. And obviously, Biden's lawyers are self-interested. I'm not trying to paint an unduly murky picture here. I'm just saying that it's hard to say with any kind of certainty that we know exactly what went on. Everything that's happened is us trying to make sense of a situation for which we can't truly judge. The handling of secrets for which we can't know. What we can judge is how the Biden administration reacted to this news, specifically their strategy to double down on comparisons to the other guy with documents in his personal residency, Donald Trump. We dissect the reaction and whether or not you should care right after this. It's a new year and a new you. Yeah, I don't know. People like to say that. There, I have noticed that there's more people at my gym. Last year, it, it, like all the normal, you know, I got to lose some pounds, New Year's resolution kind of crowd at the gym. It didn't really materialize because that was at the, the, the dawning of another COVID variant. But I kind of feel like like this winter has been mild enough that, that people are are in there. They want to get into a, a crowded space. I would say for you guys, if you're listening to this 
on the free feed of our show, then a way that I do believe you can upgrade your 2023 is to become a patron of this show. Full disclosure, we are rounding the corner on another series that I work on called World's Greatest Con. I am a co-creator on that show. This season has been a bear to do, and we are we have we have crossed significant thresholds to the point where I can actually do things that I've been putting off for months. One of those is to switch this over to a feed where ads appear on it. As soon as that happens, well, there's only going to be one way that you can maintain an ad-free feed, and that is by going to TakePoliticsSeriously.com and signing up at any level. The Big Tent level, which is only a dollar a week, is going to be ad-free. At the $3 level per week, you get a bonus podcast on Monday morning, the first podcast that you can listen to to start your week where we break down all of the Sunday morning talk shows. And then on Thursday, you get the late edition. Any news that breaks during the week, we will cover on that Thursday show. And especially since our podcasts lately have been a little bit more essay focused and not as like TikTok, TikTok kind of news focused. If you like that, it's a great way to do it. And also, look, you're doubling the amount of episodes that you get each week. I think it's a great way for you to prepare for the insanity of one of my favorite things in the world. And that is a primary. Oh boy, we're going to get a primary. I think I like the primary maybe more than I like the presidential race. It's kind of the same way that like the first weekend of March Madness is is more fun than the championship game. Because it's just so chaotic and there's some teams that are totally incompetent and some people that are being upset and expectations are subverted. That's what I love about a primary. And we're definitely going to get one of them. Republicans are sharpening their knives. Shing, shing, shing. We're going to start stabbing each other. Oh, man. They're going to be going to steak fries. Gonna be something. I'm super pumped. Be with me the entire journey. Take politicsseriously.com. Have you been briefed, sir, on the top secret documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago? No. No one has come to you to warn you that important national security secrets were revealed by the storage of those documents at the former president's home. I have not personally spoken to anyone on that, in that regard. I'm sure my administration is aware of all of that, and so is the National Security Council, but I have not. Were you notified of the FBI's execution of a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago? No, not ahead of time. The FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. 
That is President Joe Biden discussing Trump's handling of sensitive documents after an FBI raid on his home in Florida, which included publicly disseminated photographs of documents laid out on his floor. This interview was done in September of 2022 before he was found to have sensitive documents in his care. Now, in conservative outlets, there is a lot to be made about why the Justice Department has not distributed photographs of what was found in Biden's garage. But we'll get to the comparisons in a second. Here's something that is indisputable. This story sucks for Joe Biden on a few levels. Here's the first. Biden's brand is competence compared to Trump, and this story erodes that. Last week, we talked about the electoral mishaps of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a respected senator who seemed happy to get the VP slot as a parting gift on his way out of government. His surprise ascendancy to the presidency is almost entirely framed on one premise. He's better than Trump. And think about what it took to get there. A pandemic wherein the sitting president could not contain his shoot first and ask questions later style amidst a nationwide panic. It's in that moment that the nation saw the worth of Joe Biden, enough to guide him to a very narrow victory. And since then, it's been his rallying cry. Whenever you have a problem with the Biden administration, they ask you to please compare it to the most cartoonish version of a Trump solution. You hear it in that 60 Minutes clip. The withering disdain for the clown who used to sit in the Oval Office. How could you be so stupid? Totally irresponsible. And therefore, Biden's biggest failures in his first term are when that simple tenant is violated. There's no bigger example than the Afghanistan pullout. When you see that chaos, you think the opposite of what the Biden administration wants you to think. You start thinking, how much worse could it have been under Trump? Of course, none of these are actual resolvable questions. You can't prove a negative. They're hypothetical. And yet they are important to the image of President Biden, and even more so since he might be headed to a 2024 rematch with President Trump. Now, this is not Afghanistan. This is not inflation. This is not gas prices. All three things for which Trump looked better in comparison to Biden. It's not any of them. But it does tread far lighter, on the same fault lines. Number two, Biden's leak-resistant inner circle has led to a lack of effective messaging. One massive difference between Trump and Biden is message discipline. The Trump team rotated their cast like a game show, new players emerging and washing out with staggering speed all of them talking to reporters before, during, and after. Hey, free magazine feature idea to anybody who's listening. I would love for folks to just go to every reporter who wrote a Trump book 
and then just ask them what they bought with their book money. You know, maybe it's something nice like a TV or outdoor furniture. Maybe some people bought a car. Hell, I'm sure that some people might have bought a house. But if you looked at all of that in one big list, you would see the undeniable financial dividend of Trump world talking more than the micro machines man. Biden, on the other hand, came in with a team and has largely stayed with them. His inner circle doesn't leak damaging information and their team of surrogates are well fed with talking points. And yet, in this situation, information is scarce. Which is a problem because right now, with this story, the Biden administration drip, drip, drip themselves. I'll explain. In any crisis, what you want to do is limit the amount of times you are delivering bad news. This is kind of hard to think of conceptually, but it's the amount of times you're delivering bad news and not the quantity of bad news that matters. So let's say hypothetical. You're a freshman member of the house. And in your official biography, you lied about where you went to high school and college and where you worked and where your money came from and your name and if you played volleyball well and if you were married and if you founded an animal charity and if your mom died on 9-11 and if your grandma died in the Holocaust and if you're Jewish and if your employees died in the Pulse nightclub shooting. In a perfect world... You would like to announce that you lied about all of that once. The theory is that you can control the narrative going forward because the conversation after your admission is about where you're going and not what you did. Now, if you only disclose a portion of it, then you've ceded control of your narrative because somebody else can now report on the portion that is left over. And it will likely not be all of it. So then two days later, they can report on another portion. And then a week later, another portion. Drip, drip, drip. Each revelation is a hit to your credibility in a way that dumping all of it at once would not be. You know, it's kind of a fascinating look at human psychology. And unfortunately for Biden, the bad way of doing it is exactly what they've done. Former Alabama Senator Doug Jones said on CNN that he believes that Biden's lawyers handled the situation appropriately by immediately informing the National Archives after stumbling upon the first batch of classified documents. But it was when Richard Sauber, a special counsel to Biden, released his first public statement confirming the discovery that Jones says the White House made a serious error in judgment. Quote, once you make a statement, once you have the facts, you have to be full and complete, and they weren't full and complete. They talked about the first batch, but not the second, even though they knew about it. Gosh, come on, y'all. You've got to do a better job when stuff like this happens. End quote. For example, last week, After the first revelation about documents at Biden's private office emerged, the White House convened a call with top allies to explain the investigation, 
hoping to quell the growing criticisms and questions about the discovery. On that call, according to Jones, a White House official characterized the documents as fewer than a dozen, none of which are, quote, particularly sensitive or, quote, not of high interest to the intelligence community. And yet, it was only a day later when news emerged that additional documents had been found at a second location, bringing the total number of classified documents to appropriately 20 and therefore invalidating the very, 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 very slim talking points that were being handed out. This is malpractice for crisis management. The Biden administration says the reason for that is they do not want to appear as if they are trying to steer the Department of Justice in the way that Trump obviously has. In fact, there are some amongst the Biden administration that say this is a short-term pain for a long-term gain because eventually there will be special counsel reports on both Trump's handling and Biden's handling. And in that report, or either of them, Biden's will come out cleaner than Trump's. I find that to be copium, but what do I know? Number three. Biden wants to focus on the GOP chaos in the House right now, right up until he announces he's running again. And this is not that. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. You know it used to be mad love. So take a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. Hey! An article now Tuesday in the Daily Beast highlights the split of one-time House BFFs Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert all the way up to a verbal spat in the congressional ladies' room. Quote, You'll take millions from Kevin to get elected, but not to vote for him, reportedly yelled Green from a bathroom stall. Don't be ugly, spat Bobert reportedly as she left the ladies' room. This, right here, is exactly what the White House would like to talk about. Casting the most powerful members of the opposition party as incompetent loons who are dead set on defaulting on America's debt and wrecking the economy. Biden wants this to happen a lot, right up until Biden announces that he's seeking re-election in 2024. So therefore, anything that isn't caddy jabs from the women's room Fiscal ruin or rosy historical re-election stats are wasted calories for the White House. And this undoubtedly falls in that category. Classified classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me uh I'm gonna get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon, but as I said earlier this week. People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, in a yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my uh, of from my time as vice president, were stored, and they finished the review last night. 
They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings in storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, and my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, and th this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately uh, uh, no notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. That is Joe Biden responding to Peter Ducey of Fox News about the revelation of him keeping these documents next to his Corvette in his home in Delaware. It's funny. But do you care? Honestly, for real, do you care? Do you care about this? Because I don't. And I didn't really care about the Trump issue. I mean, sure, they are different. Trump is defiant that all the documents he had were declassified by presidential powers. The National Archives and the Department of Justice disagree, and they raided his house. Whether or not you believe that that specific fight raised to the level in which you should raid a former president's house is up to you, and to me, kind of a separate discussion. The same discussion that we should have about whether or not the photos should have been published. Because Biden will say, look, this is totally different. We found these things. We reported them immediately. They are only cosmetically and superficially linked. But the big issue here is that while rank and file members of the intelligence community or military are routinely punished for mishandling documents, there is very clearly a double standard for the highest level of the executive branch. And it appears that it has been this way for years. Private email servers, misplaced documents, questions of how and why these can be declassified. And I'm sure if I were in a position where I was threatened with beheading if I accidentally brought a memo I wasn't supposed to bring home, that I would care about that double standard. But I'm not that. I'm just a guy talking in his closet for a podcast audience. I don't care about this because I can't. Either the government can tell me what those secrets are and give me context for the stakes about what we are or are not talking about, which obviously would betray the reason that these secrets are marked top secret, or they cannot, which is fine. But it's the information that makes me care. Without it, it sounds like some important stuff that people beyond my pay grade should really focus on. So let's go back to the metaphor that we had at the beginning of this episode. A man allows you into the room. He points at a lumpy blanket. He tells you that this is not where it should be. You say, why? He says, well, there are rules and regulations to prevent this being where it is say okay he says look i'm gonna tell you right now there could be a dog under that blanket you ask is there a dog under that blanket he says 
rules and regulations prevent me from saying anything other than the color of that blanket indicates that there may or may not be a dog under it. You say thank you to the man. You slowly leave the room because this metaphor is stupid and confusing, which explains where I'm at with this entire story. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics is written, recorded, and produced by me, Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. I'm a one-man band, ladies and gentlemen. I got the symbols between my knees, and I aim to please. If you would like to email the program, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Hit up the show's Twitter at px3tweets. That is letter P, letter X, number three tweets. Or you can hit me up on my personal Twitter, Justin R. Young. You can see me live on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when available. px3live.com. Share this podcast with uh, everybody in your life, please. The only way that an independent podcast like this one spreads is you. You are the only vector. We don't buy advertising nowhere. I think podcast advertising is kind of useless anyway. The only way that you are able to understand it is if you are brought into it by somebody else. Podcasting is like a lifestyle. Like, I don't know how much advertising for like a lifestyle really does. You have to advertise the benefits. So I would say to this, to your friends and family and clergy, advertise the benefits of this show. It's a fun, well-produced, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, twice a week, that goes over not only political history, but also the current goings on of the day. It's, it's funny. Makes you laugh. Makes you smile. But it makes you think. I don't know. Or, I don't know, tailor your own pitch to your friends and family. But but when you need to seal the deal, you can send them to px3podcast.com. Although the easiest way to do it is just to grab their phone and, and just subscribe to it on the podcast app of their choice. So it just starts showing up and they ain't got no choice. If you'd like to support this program with a one-time donation, it is paypal.me slash payjury. My Venmo is justin-young-20. Venmo money's not real. I don't care what the IRS says. Stick it to the IRS by sending me your Venmo money, justin-young-20. Cash app is px3cash. If you'd like to send me anything in the physical mail, it is P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Again, P.O. Box 153184 Austin, Texas 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at takepoliticsseriously.com. $3 per week. You get two bonus podcasts covering uh, all the news that we miss on our free podcast schedule, also per week. So, three bucks, two episodes, four episodes total. Pretty good deal. My opinion. $10 tier get your name right at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. 
Justin, Jason, Andre, C. Garcia, Matt, Craig, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yeo, Pinball Shop, DP4 Bongo, Catherine, Todd, person familiar with the matter, Invoke Gloria Young for King of the New World Order, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select, Start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile, Runner, Idris, Arslandian, Blue Front, and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Diana's turn two, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike who loves, Frank got abducted, Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D, really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, if you'd like to join their ranks. Just that simple. Head on over. To take politics seriously.com. On Friday's edition of the program, we are going to take a look at Donald Trump's 2016 opening few months versus Donald Trump 2024's opening few months. Because I, 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 I got, I don't know. I haven't even looked into it yet. And we might not do that episode if I find something else that's shiny between now and then. That's what I'm planning on doing. I think it'll be fun. Till next time, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics, but this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.